Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to another uh, Tori Sess show. Today, I'm your host, Tori. Um, it is always a pleasure to be on air with all of you. Today is February 19, 2019, and it seems like we're coming full circle. Two years of being blue in the face. Is it two? Three. 2016, January, where I was talking about the petrodollar. I was talking about the Contra deal. I was talking about Iran, and we're coming full circle. We'll talk about that. We've had some funny developments in regards to Comey speaking out. He sent a tweet that was very, very interesting. I've heard those words before, and I'll break you down. I will break down that tweet so that anybody can understand exactly what it says. McCabe, we'll touch on him. We'll talk about Venezuela and our president's amazing crush of a speech. He crushed it, he slayed it, and he made sure people understand the difference between socialism and democratic socialism. (laughs) That there is no difference and they're one and the same. Uh, In the second half hour, we'll have Scott Adams join me where we'll talk Ruth Bader Ginsburg, still no picture, but a video recycled by TMZ. Tisk tisk tisk. Shame on them. You know what's funny? What's funny is is that they don't seem to understand that this administration was all about gutting and replacing this failed and corrupt government we have because it was never a government it was a mafia a mob a fourth unelected branch it is supposed to be run by the people but it turns out that this fourth unelected branch and the mafia that runs with them that is composed of financial and media corporations they're all in on it together and when i say media we're not talking just the news. We're talking Universal Studios. We're talking Disney. We're talking anything Hollywood, right? They're all included. And we have to understand that they simply do everything with one interest in mind, and that's their own. They will do anything to protect each other, cover each other's back, and manifest Uh, I would say no, manufacture stories to justify their actions and cover up their actions because it's only about making themselves richer. You know, it has 
so much to do. And remember, our president threw a wrench in whatever plan they had because now they are losing control. And as they're losing control, they are losing their minds. Losing their minds completely. They've all gotten together and not just, you know, locally, you know, the people that govern us or domestically from your city to your state to federal, but they've colluded with other foreign entities with global interests, not America first interest in mind. And they don't have any good interests for us. One thing we know is that this administration from day one of taking office is the most threatening weapon. It is such a big threat to their power. They never imagined just how big of a threat he is. But having said that, McCabe made an admission in his interview He said we were investigating a then-candidate Trump, right? That later began, became a president. What? I mean, all of us already knew that they were wiretapping Donald Trump as a private citizen, as a candidate for president, But they never admitted it. They were saying, no, it was Carter Page. It was other people. But he admitted on national television that it was all about him. That simple four-year election turned out to be their worst nightmare. This is where we're at. We're at a tipping point where we determine if we want to continue to the path we are at or actually take control of our country, control our government, control every aspect of our nation or relinquish our rights, forfeit our, our rights to freedom to these corrupt establishment, fourth, un, fourth branch unelected government. It is incredible. They've not only annihilated our economy single-handedly over the past six decades. But they've started wars, some that are never ending. They have poisoned the minds of our youth. They have opened our borders to illegal immigration in order to crush us internally and undermine our democratic processes. Economic and foreign policies that they have implemented over the past six decades have literally made our country broke. I believe and I know that this administration will rectify this. Debt can be wiped with one move. And we've been talking about this for a while. The people of the United States have taken hold back of their country with electing this president. They destroyed every facet of our economic abilities. They sent all our businesses across our borders. 
They destroyed our ambitions. They've kneeled our youth to not be able to find work. They've undermined education and trade jobs because they are redundant, according to them. This is how the youth and the middle-aged persons right now were raised. Those that were born in the 70s and 80s considered trade jobs to be demeaning work. Cubicles were better. In the 90s and the 2000s, any job was demeaning unless it was more of an emotional, uh, research-based, and maybe some IT, as they used to call it. This is how they destroyed our nation. These decisions that they made robbed us of the ability to have a middle working class. And the segregation between the wealthy and those that work grew larger. This, we can see this presidency from the day it began is about surviving. Will our nation survive? Will we be a free nation or a socialist nation? Because right now they're giving us the illusion that we are a democracy when we're not all of them are rigging everything. They tell stories. They weave the fabric that they want us to see until it asphyxiates every single aspiration we may have. They rigged the election and still lost. Because the truth is, the people are in charge. We all know it. And the worst thing is, they know it. The Clintons, all of us want to see them go down, right? From Uranium One to Haiti to the email scandals to just pretty much undermining America. We want to see them perp walk, but not yet. We have seen what the previous administration has. We have seen what companies they use to attack us. From mainstream media to banking, ever think a simple search online will show you that every single nation undergoing economic duress has one thing in common. An individual from Goldman Sachs sweeps in to fix it. You have to pay attention to the details. They not only plotted with amongst themselves, remember, this mafia, D.C. mafia, gang, and fourth unelected branch of government. Not only did they collude amongst themselves, but they included global entities to help facilitate this coup. To manufacture a plan to remove a duly elected president. This is beyond treasonous. This has never happened before in, well, it actually has. In the olden times, when you wanted to take out a king, you would ask other kings to assist in the war. And this is exactly what we're seeing. Global financial powers, global entities that have these special interests in one goal. They all came together to destroy our nation. All of them should perp walk. I agree. The corporate media is feeling it. Hollywood is feeling it. The music industry is feeling it. The fashion industry is feeling it. Nobody cares anymore. 
lobbyists, financial institutions, they're all in the same game with a political agenda. And you know what? That agenda has nothing to do with you or I or children or our grandchildren. It has to do with them. I have to say that the bottom line is, is that they have started segregating us, deeming us racists, xenophobes, Islamophobes, homophobes, creating laws to protect people depending on what their sexual preference are. These are malicious individuals. Malicious individuals that slap labels with a broad brush against a nation that wishes to be free. This is something that you need to understand. They will lie. They will collude and they will lie again and again and again. And they will even turn up the heat and do worse than what you can ever imagine because it needs to be done. Whatever needs to be done, they will do. And this is not a fairy tale. Or a horror story, depending on who you are watching it. This is reality. And this is exactly where we're at right now. That tipping point, this massive cover-up, not only for the crimes that they have committed while in office or appointed as law enforcement from the State Department, FBI, intelligence agency, but all the way down to today where they're covering up for this coup d'etat. They've lied. They will smear. They will kill in the name of power, and they will not stop. They will not stop until they enslave every woman, man, and child in this nation. And you know, there are so many of us right now that are taking heat for speaking up. Many have lost their jobs. Many are being slandered. Many are just so fed up. They can't stop talking, really. We have to understand that this president did what he did, that all of us are doing every day, starting conversations, leaving a, a life or a retirement, I would say, because he's at that age to retire. That was cushy and he had everything. If the people could see and those that wish to see, because there are many that keep their heads in the sand because they only want to think about the backsplash they're going to put in their kitchen, the curtain they're going to hang, or what shoes they're bidding on on eBay. That is the problem. America needs to wake up because when we all rise united, the future that we deserved and our children deserve by stopping this corrupt well-oiled machine that is running the globe can happen. We are stronger than you think because we are the news. We are the fuel and we are the ones that dictate what is to go on. And Comey can tweet all he wants for support. Did you guys see the tweet? Did you guys see what he said? I found it incredible that he would go to such a length. But let's hear McCabe in his own words tell you what he thought when he was asked, 
Did you suspect the president might actually be working for Russia? Listen to what he said. In particular, was it your suspicion and the reason that you opened this investigation that you thought the president might actually be working on behalf of Russia? We had a number of very concerning things that we were considering at the time. One of them was the fact that the president, in our view, had gone to extreme measures to potentially impact, negatively impact, possibly turn off our investigation of Russian meddling into the election and Russian coordination with his campaign. So that goes to his potential motive. But when you're opening this particular kind of investigation, counterintelligence, Did you suspect the president might actually be working for Russia? We thought that might be possible. Yes, we thought it might be possible. Now, remember, Savannah, we're at the beginning of an investigation. We don't draw conclusions. We simply look at the facts and the information we have and begin investigations that we think are But as you point out in your book, the FBI does not start any investigation willy-nilly. What were the predicate facts? Lay them out here. What were the facts that suggested the president may... adversary, Russia. Okay, so Savannah, we have to go back to the investigation of potential collusion between the campaign and Russia, right? So through the fall, these are topics we've been looking at. During that time, the president has been publicly undermining the investigative efforts. He's talking about it as a witch hunt. He's talking about it as a hoax. So it's clear to us that he's not happy with what we're doing. Also during that time, the president approaches the director of the FBI and asks him to stop investigating Michael Flynn. A part of our investigation into Russian interference, he asks him to turn off that investigation. Why isn't that just the the normal obstruction of justice criminal inquiry, which is substantial enough on its own, but what takes it to this next level where there's a suspicion that he's working for a foreign government? I mean, this is extraordinary. Because you have to ask yourself, Savannah, if you believe that the president might have obstructed justice for the purpose of ending our investigation into Russia, you have to ask yourself why. Why would any president of the United States not want the FBI to get to the bottom of Russian interference in our election? And in particular, was it your suspicion? That was incredible. That tells you that is him on on today's show. That is what his answer was. Obviously, very thin, very daunt, but we have to understand exactly who he is. And Comey's tweet is exactly that. Let me read it to you. He sent it out yesterday. Seems like they're all in a panic now, doesn't it? He said, every time you assault and stereotype a person, you've ripped the social fabric. Every time you see that person deeply and make him or her feel known, you've woven it. And that was a quote by David Brooks at the New York Times. And he said, David Brooks is right that we all need to be weavers if we are to heal our beloved country. Battle cry or what? Do you know what... um, the social fabric means. So it's kind of like fascism. Do you know where the word fascism comes from? It's from fascia. And, you know, medically, fascia is what holds your muscles together. It's very strong. It's that tendon, you know, when you have that steak and there's that hard, you know, white thing that's so hard you can't chew it and you have to cut it out of your steak and it's disgusting and you can't. That's what fascia is. But fascia was uh, the, the, the fasca in Italian. It's like a bundle of twigs. 
The more united you are, the stronger it is. And you can't snap one twig. You can snap one twig really easily. But when you have a bundle of twigs, you can't. The same goes for this fabric. If you have something crocheted, for say, and it's a loose crochet with big loops, it'll be easier to stretch, to pull, and even tear. But if it's a tightly woven fabric, right, then you cannot tear it. His, it, it's basically how co- the community interacts amongst themselves. Now, if you or I are threads and we're in this social fabric, you have to think, how did they tear us apart? Because they did. They created ba- Black Lives Matter. They created all these crazy movements like Antifa. They ripped the fabric and made them separate pieces of fabric to America, the illegal immigrant camp, everything. So they cannot be torn down. And the media is weaving it into theirs to cloak what? The American fabric. And so every time you make one person known, recognize him or her, you make them a stronger thread. So what are they going to do? How many people are they going to bring to the forefront to support their social fabric? You know, if you watch the awards, you'd be very aware of what exactly they were doing. I mean, Michelle Obama popped up. Remember, Pelosi went to have drinks at the after party. They've pulled the trigger and they're going down. They're going down because enhancing as what he was asking, this social fabric. That's his battle cry. It's to provide better interactions with members of the community, meaning don't just look at the top brass. Don't just look at the simple, you know, actors and singers. Go to the people. Go to those deranged people and showcase them. Find the right deranged person. Like we found Dr. Ford, which has... Come out to be a fraud, but still a leader in that movement. This is what he is saying. We need to pursue, we need to hold bonds, and we, we need to create bigger ones and stronger ones. And unfortunately for Comey, the American fabric that underlies and is shadowed by the mainstream media and your orchestrated attack on our nation is on fire. Because we don't want to tear your social fabric, Comey. We're burning it down. And yes, he or she are coming out and we're tearing and burning holes in the fabric you are creating. And we will not stop. Nobody will stop. Because the time is done for you. Your group is done. You think McCabe is going to save you. You think him throwing rod under the bus is going to save you. You better keep going and selling those books. Cause like I heard on a show, the Chris Berg show yesterday, he said, McCabe is out there selling books like crazy and on TV. He's going to need it when he's parading around in an orange jumpsuit. All of them are. And I do not want to hear how sick Bill and Hillary are.
I don't care if they need care in a hospital and we're going to pardon them because they're dying. No, we're not. We can pardon them in Gitmo. They can sit there and get whatever treatment any other prisoner would get. His battle cry to strengthen the relations, to ensure that the fabric doesn't break. Yep, you didn't like that reporter coming out and saying, well, you know, you'll never see the other side. There shouldn't be a side. Our mainstream media should be reporting the news, not like TMZ posting recycled videos from over a year ago to say that that was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. How dare they? We're not that stupid. We have the internet. We have access to all technology. What are you going to do? Drop an EMP? You can't do that because we've actually got a leader in control. We've got this. And the American people have decided that this is the reckoning on you. And you know what? We have a man that has built a company so huge, it would shame you. He is a genius and you can mock him all you want. But he has destroyed everything you guys have built in a century in just under two years. And that's because he has the biggest weapon of it all. The people. The people are his weapon. And unfortunately, your tactics... Do not work on the people if they are not mesmerized. We saw that yesterday with Kamala Harris's little campaign and trying to convince other people how important illegal immigrants are in this nation. That's where she lost them. No matter how well she spoke on other matters, how she decided that the government must allow health care to those people. This is where we're at. They are in a full panic mode. And you know where it starts? With the petrodollar. We've been talking about it for three solid months. Today, it's time to deconstruct it. We talked about Iran-Contra. I've written out that article. Why is Bill Barr AG? Well, we'll see how long he is and why he is. I'll see you all in a few. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 
855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Sess Show, the second half hour of my first hour. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, I'm not really tweeting until tomorrow because it is a 48-hour dark. I'm only using Gab. So if you do see some tweets, it's coming from Gab, not from Twitter. Um, I'm standing solid on that one. So I'll be tweeting after midnight tonight. Now, um, I wanted to bring to your attention something that a very dear friend of mine sent. I want you guys to listen to just what other people have to say about our president. I'd like you to listen to Barbara Cochran. You've seen her on Shark Tank. She used to be a waitress, and now she's a real estate mongol. Listen to what she had to say about our president. Probably the best salesman I've ever been in the company of. I watched him walk into a situation, for example, selling the Plaza Hotel, group of, of Asians, wealthiest families in Hong Kong, and I watched him totally not pitch the Plaza Hotel, bury it, and talk about the land masses on the Hudson River and the buildings that would be there. They were not the least bit interested. They just wanted to buy the Plaza Hotel. Like a customer, I want to buy it, and Donald was near bankruptcy, really needed the money to bail out. And I watched him. I thought he was so off. He wasn't. They bought the land and built all those towers on the West River, as we know it today. You know, all those Trump towers along the river. That was the deal. How did he do that? I'll tell you what his masterful mind does. He is a genius at picking out the vulnerability of someone's personality. He can smell it, sense it, and trust it. And that's our leader. That is why he's amazing. This is why he's a genius. Remember, ask your wife what it feels like to be a loser. 
We talked about that yesterday. Throwing gas onto the flame. Because when someone gaslights you, intimidates you, attacks your very being, that's where your true personality comes out. Honest people, good people, don't lash. They don't use their power. They don't use their authority. Instead, they'll probably go into a corner and start crying and try to understand why it happened to them. They'll move it around in their head and think, well, why did this happen? Why did that person say that to me? Why did I deserve that? An evil, corrupt, nefarious person will lash back. That's exactly what McCabe did. We've got the Flynn sentencing hearing coming up, right? And now we have, remember, I told you guys about the conversation that possibly may have happened with Mueller or Rod, with Bill and Matt sitting down talking about this investigation, right? We've talked about that. No need to revisit, right? But that's the thing. How is this going to end? Remember, in November, I said the first quarter of this year is going to be amazing. A lot will come to forefront. We'll see a lot of things happening, right? Remember? We'll see gold, Venezuela, and healthcare, and watch them hold RBG over our head for a distraction when it's going to be inconvenient. We're seeing that come out. We're seeing them come out of their shell. Remember the gaslighting I was talking about? Our president threw gas onto the fire so hard yesterday with his attack on socialism, demonstrating what socialism has done in Venezuela. That Bernie Sanders declared that he's running. Take a listen to his speech. It'll make you wonder how anyone would support socialism after speech like that. He did incredible. I was very proud to be an American yesterday. The threshold of history, ready to reclaim their country and to reclaim their future. The people of Venezuela are standing for freedom and democracy, and the United States of America is standing right by their side. Socialism promises a better future, but it always returns to the darkest chapters of the past. So today I ask every member of the Maduro regime, set your country free. Now is the time for all Venezuelan patriots to act together as one united people. We know what freedom can do in Venezuela because we have seen that future right here. We are born free and we will stay free now and forever. Amazing, right? It inspired so many people yesterday. And remember, socialism promises solutions. Socialism promises health care. They promise you free education. They promise you work. But socialism always leads to communism, communism and dictatorship. There is no in-between. There is no such in-between. And seeing people defend it as if it is. 
the right way to go makes you wonder where these people are themselves as individuals. I saw uh, something um, posted by uh, Michel Jolet. Uh, it's a phrase that he, he stated. He said, the word socialism is so loaded. The term does not distinguish between democratic societies with big safety nets and totalitarian states with big armies. He's making this distinction, supposedly. The right uses this confusion to take money away from kids with cancer so rich people can buy bigger yachts. We need a new word. Okay, so this is the danger of disinformation. Socialism, he says, is loaded. And it doesn't distinguish between democratic society with big safety nets. Excuse me. You cannot be a democratic society if your government controls your health. Your health is the most valuable thing you have as a person. You know, when someone has their birthday, I never say, oh, happy birthday. I wish them many more healthy and happy years to come because I don't care how rich you are. You're going to die if you have crappy health. So your health is the ultimate, I would say, the only thing that sustains your existence. Without health, you can do nothing. If you are unhealthy, your, to- your clock is counting down. If you are unhealthy, you can't work. If you are unhealthy, you can't think. If you are unhealthy, you can't read. You can't understand. You can't have pleasure. Imagine being in pain all day. You will be the nastiest person because you're angry, because you're in pain. So your health is the most important thing. And you are trying to tell me that if my government has the keys to my own kingdom, which is my body and my health, that can manipulate me and tell me what I must put in my body or what treatment I must have or what drugs I must take, that I am living as a free person, people are deranged. That is the one thing That is my personal freedom, which is my body. You know how those women scream out, my body, my choice, right? Well, it works for them when there's another separate human body inside them, right? But where is my body, my choice when it comes to what health I can access? Or let let me rephrase that. What vaccines I should be taking and shouldn't and which I would like and which I wouldn't. Where is that? Can you, you know, I get emails from around the world. And, you know, people are like, well, universal, I've lived in London. Guys, I was pregnant with my child. I fell pregnant with my child in December of 2004 because that is the last time that it would have been physically, humanely possible for me to be pregnant, okay? Because then I left, I flew away, I came back in February to my husband and my child, and then I found out I was pregnant at that point. And... For whatever reason, you know, obviously I had to use the NHS system. They dictated what I'm allowed to do. I knew my due date was in September. I kid you not. I knew because I knew when it could have physically happened, right? But here's what happens. And this was slight. It could have gone completely pear-shaped. 
but I was small and tiny, you know, um, all I had was a belly, um, and it was a small one. Like I'd sit in between women at OBG appointments and I'd be jealous. They'd be like, Oh my God, how, how cute, how far are you? Four or five months. And I was like, uh, nine. And they'd look like so out there at six months. And I'd be like, I have no belly. I was actually jealous. This is my second child, of course. Right? So I obviously was scared. I knew that in my country, in America, if I was in the United States, my doctor would not question me. But according to the United Kingdom, the NHS, they told me, well, you know, you were about that far along because of the size of the baby. We're assuming, you know, you might be off. I was like, okay, unless it took my child over eight weeks to implant, I don't see how you're making any sense. Maybe she's just smaller because I was a smoker at the beginning because I quit while I was pregnant, right? When I found out, stopped right away. And they said, no, 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 that's not the case. You just might be off. I'm not off. I know when I could have gotten pregnant. Mm, that's up to you. We don't do that. Guys, I had my child on October 22nd. That was over a month late. According to my calculations, I was 45 weeks pregnant when I had my child. And you know how I had it? Because I insisted. I was dripping. I had some water break. And I was like, okay, I'm going. And I am not leaving. And you know when they took her out by C-section because I couldn't actually give birth normally because they wouldn't let me have a C-section, even though I had a previous one, they were like, we don't do that unless you're in jeopardy or the baby's in jeopardy. You just sit here and you just go through active labor as long as we say. They put two bags. Guys, I was in labor from the 17th of October up until the crack of dawn on the 22nd of October when they took her out with C-section. And that's because I grabbed the last doctor by the neck and I said, listen, man, I'm not dilating. You better take this baby out because I'm not doing this anymore. And, you know, the next doctor who came on <laughs> did it for me. The bottom line is it could have went pear-shaped. You know, in the end, I was Right. There were issues um, at delivery. I lost a lot of blood. The baby was well overdue when they saw that. I mean, she had teeth, guys. Okay, she had teeth. And, you know, all they could say is, well, that was interesting. And my husband was like, oh, my gosh, she will never let me live this one down. That she was right. She was right. And, you know, he knew I was right, too. But the bottom line is, this is how... A universal healthcare system works. They have rules and regulations and they tell you what's good for you. You don't know, even on something so basic, like, okay, guys, unless I smelled a flower after December and got pregnant by smelling a flower, there is no way on earth that I could have gotten pregnant. Yeah, I, I, we hear you, but no. So they just, what, assume I'm lying, assume that down in the desert I was doing something? What were they assuming? That's the thing with universal health care. So democratic societies with big safety nets are communism in disguise because they take control of what is most important to you. And what is that? Your education. Look at them reformatting our children's thoughts and the way they learn. And they teach them new methods in math and common core to make them unable to do higher order math. If kids learn how to do algebraic or, you know, sorry, not algebraic, simple 
multiplication. In the way they're learning now, they can't get to calculus. They can't even get to, you know, lower level algebra. This is a problem. Totalitarian states with big armies. Hello, this is what we have here. And the armies here don't have guns. They've got TVs and radio shows and, and, and Hollywood and music and movies. Every single social aspect of your life has been penetrated. That's their army. Because a totalitarian regime creates and shapes your thoughts and how you think. A democratic society with big safety nets, soft socialism, is what comes after. The two coexist. Totalitarianism goes into socialism, goes into communism. It never has good results, just like the president said. It's all about control. And you know, Comey said, social fabric. You know, the tighter the weave, the more it means that they're interacting with people, the more it's harder to tear. But you know, we don't want to tear that fabric that you've weaved, Comey. We don't want to tear the fabric. We are burning it alive. There are holes everywhere. We are burning your fabric because you are creating separate, strong fabrics on fabricated things, right? Like racism. Remember, I called the Jesse Smollett. I said, I wouldn't be, you know, I feel really bad. I said, right. About what happened to him if he got beat up, but it could have been just some sex game that gone too far. Remember? And I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. Well, here it is. And the thing is, it's sad. Doesn't mean because it didn't happen to Jesse. It's not happening to someone else. I mean, we didn't hear about you know, that incident in Kentucky where guns were pulled on MAGA hat wearers, like Kentucky out of all places. But you know, these red supposed ho dicky states are the bluest there are. My state, you would think so-called Republican. Oh no, they are not. My state is piloting to use drones for security. Right now on our floor, our house, our state legislators, right? are convening and saying we do not want weapons on these drones and we have these Republicans, and I'm using air quotes, saying, no, we want guns on it. And they're the sheriffs, of course, right? You know, this is what's happening, guys. In the reddest states, this is the problem with 2020. Unfortunately, we have red states that have leftovers, Look at your state. Look how many of them were invited to McCain's funeral. Look who is an Obama holdover. Pay attention because in 2020, it's going to matter because these peripheral governments, peripheral, peripheral, we're talking governors, we're talking attorney generals of these states are going to play a huge role. They control everything This is where we need to pay attention. And Comey, we're weaving a fabric like no one's ever seen with titanium thread with a bit of silver to get rid of the bacterial infection. And actually, that's a true story. They make pillowcases with real silver thread, so it's antimicrobial. Just for you guys suffering from allergies, I'm just telling you, it's been a godsend for me. I don't have allergies, but I just thought I'd throw it in there. Side note. Now, 
Let's talk about this petrodollar. We've been talking about how we've been in the Middle East. Why? Because of money. We've been told how our intelligence community and FBI had assured us that there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And that was a lie. But we're supposed to believe them on North Korea. And like President Trump said, uh, Putin said they don't have it. So I, I trust him more than I trust my intelligence agency. And I would say, hallelujah, yes. Because they've told us about weapons of mass destruction before, haven't they? So what's going on? Remember, uh, I think it was in November or December, we had a, a, a show where I was just telling you about all this money we've been sending the Middle East. Because, you know, people don't seem to understand that we've given them over $30 billion in like two decades. And one would think, well, why are we sending them cash? Remember, I talked about how Germany, you know, um, was being, was sending over about 300 to 400 million euros in cash to Iran. And they had it in cash. And you have to wonder, why cash? When does someone use cash? Well, you use cash if you don't have a card on you, right? But if you're a government... You would expect the money to come from, I don't know, Deutsche Bank in Germany and go straight to the Iranian bank, right? Nope. They load it on planes and just send it over because this is how you pay mercenaries. You can't have trace on things when you're buying illegal stuff. It's kind of like if you're buying drugs, you don't give your credit card and swipe it on a square app, do you? I mean, maybe they do (laughs) nowadays, but you wouldn't because you wouldn't want to trace, right? If you're doing something illegal, uh, you know, you're not going to use your credit card or debit card or your bank account. You're going to use cash because nobody can really trace cash. So remember, during the campaign, our president talked about Obama sending $1.6 billion in cash. And people were like, oh, my gosh, it was for ransom for the people and blah, blah. No, it wasn't ish. Kind of. They wanted money. It's the same thing that Iran did to Germany. And, you know, there's a picture of them hanging out together. Iran's foreign minister and Germany's foreign minister shaking hands yesterday. Pretty interesting, right? So here's the thing about the petrodollar. Remember, we talked about all these plans that they started in the 90s with Iran, right? And the World Bank, big deal there, you know, because we're getting a new president uh, of that bank, right? So... They funded for pipelines. The pipelines were supposed to siphon oil from the Middle East and give it to Europe. Because right now, the only monopoly they had was Russia and the Ukraine. And then the Ukraine broke free from Russia. And now they're owned by the EU. But they're like, hey, you know, it's natural gas, but we need more. Look at all these countries we own. We need more. So we need Middle East. Saudi Arabia is like, no, you're not having it. And then it's like, you know, Qatar's like, well, why not? We're on board. You know, Qataris are flippers. <laughs> They're butt hurt. They never liked the kingdom. You know, they didn't feel the shelter. And that's fair enough. That's their opinion. But they sided with the wrong people because they got pipelines going from Iran to Qatar, down to Oman, going into Yemen, uh, Yemen and Oman. They're all in a battle right now about this. Should we do the pipeline? Shouldn't we? And Saudi Arabia's like, don't do it. Don't do it because they will run you dry. Don't do it. Don't trust them. 
And they're like, oh, you're just saying that because you want control. Um, I'm just telling you to be safe. We had Kuwait do the same thing over 15 years ago. So here are the Europeans siphoning all this oil. But who's orchestrating it? The Americans, of course. We did. Our previous administrations were the ones that created these contracts. We're the ones that funded them with the World Bank. We're the ones that are like the mobsters. You know, there was a show on TV talking about the mafia in Sicily and how people that were just like stall vendors would have to pay a piece to the mafia so they could exist. So if you made 10 euros, you'd give them a euro. If you made 500 euros, you'd give them like, you know, 50 euros just to be allowed to work. Well, that's what the United States was doing because we're in charge. So we said, oh, you want the pipeline? Well, we're taking off the top, kind of like pimps for oil. And Turkey was in the middle We've talked about that. And people are like, well, you know, this, that, Benghazi happened there too. How do you think we bought people out? We send cash. You think we'd be able to take down Libya without money? You know, you, everybody needs to look at pictures from that time to see what senators like Hoven, Fune, McCain, that were over there because they lined their pockets with that cash that fell out of the plane. That's how we do things. We give money, 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 money because money buys mercenaries. Money buys loyalty. And you know the thing about mercenaries is, is that they are not loyal. They are loyal to the highest bidder. That's what causes this, what, what do they call it? A vacuum. A vacuum, that's what they call it. No more money means I'm coming to take your money and I'm just going to go berserk until you pay me or else I'm just going to keep doing this. It's basically like toddlers with no candy. They're like, hey, you've been giving me Skittles. Now you're not giving me Skittles. Watch me make a mess of things and blow everything up because you're not giving me Skittles anymore. That's the problem with mercenaries. See, we were playing with fire. We trained them. We paid them. We pushed them. We put them forward. Huh? It was all about the money. And see, the thing is about money, when you take money out of our treasury, we'll find it. Because what have I said again and again and again? USAID, look at their audits. They're off by like $3 billion. Checks and balances, same woman is running the financing for that. Look at all these charities, checks and balances, where are they? We've been saying this for how long? You can revisit those. And then you just have to see who's married to who. I mean, remember... The U.S. ambassador to Russia, Teft, was also his daughter in charge of the USAID in the Balkans. So that's going to be a new coming up with cash, cash, cash going to Iran, Iran, Iran. Kind of reminding us of 40 years ago with the Iran-Contra deal. Instead of selling them weapons, we're giving them the money to buy it themselves. Thanks, John Kerry. I'll see you guys all after this break, and I'll have Scott Adams on with me this hour so we can reconvene and talk about all this control.
you're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back for the second hour of the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. I also have Twitter as Tori says, but it's usually food <laughs> that I cook or my dog, so not much out there. Um, and you can always find me here on Red State Live Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time to 2 p.m. Tomorrow, I will be having In the Matrix and Shady Groove on. We will be having the full two hours talking about Q. Lots of drops, lots of actions. And you know what's cool? Lots about everything we've been talking about, right? Um, and before we get to my awesome guest and a really dear friend of mine, Scott, um, I just want to reiterate you know, please revisit some of the old shows. They're on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or SoundCloud because I've been talking about money. I've been talking about how we've been funding these terrorists, how we have been literally shelling out our own cash. And I've also exposed the people involved. I've told you which people at USID, uh, USAID, um, uh, in the State Department, really, that are handing this money out and how they cycle it back. You know, a lot of things people remember, we had even said the money that we sent out to the Middle East to buy um, loyalty from these mercenaries, remember, never ended up in the hands of, say, Iraqis when we were going into Iraq. They went to the country that we were going to take over next, right? They ended up in places like Libya and Lebanon, right? Because that's where we found the outskirts to come in. Iran, you name it, we brought them. Palestine, and we trained them. Mercenaries are only loyal to the highest dollar, and we've paid for it. So what our president has been saying all along is 100% true. And remember, our president has us as weapons, we are the news. How many times have I said it? We're the news. We have to demand accountability. We have to do that because if you're not doing anything, you're not actively pursuing anything. You know, it doesn't take much to get on the Department of Justice website through a VPN and file a claim or ask for an investigation on your city, on your state on your council member, your mayor, your governor, your senator, because it will not fall on deaf ears anymore. We have a president who has ordered his administration to listen. And he tells us to listen to him. We have to get up. We have to fight. I've been saying it. And you know, those of us that have platforms are really getting the heat 
but we're okay with that because if there's a lot of us that take the heat, we light the fire and we burn that fabric Comey is talking about because our fabric is stronger than theirs. I'd like to welcome Scott Adams from the Scott Adams Show um, here today. Thank you so much for coming back on, Scott. I know you've had a busy morning with your three hours of radio that you do. Remember, you can find everything he does on scottadamsshow.com. How has your day been? It's been great. Yeah, I'm actually very excited about uh, your guest tomorrow with uh, In the Matrix and Shady Grove. Uh, I think that the you know the uh, Q drops are uh, phenomenal right now, and uh, I, I think that a lot of the information that we're seeing uh, come out of the woodwork is starting to indicate the beginning of the end. I, I really feel like William Barr is going to walk that Mueller bull out of the barn. I think that Mueller, is day, his days are numbered. Rosenstein's out. Dan Coates is out. There are a lot of swamp creatures that have exposed themselves, as you like to put it, pull your pants, pull their pants down. Trump has them pulling their pants down and really you know, ending their careers as a result of their Trump derangement syndrome. But, you know, we also like to quote Paul Preston as saying, uh, Trump is the best rope salesman. So no matter how you want to look at it, there are a lot of key names, people that have been in power for 30 years that have come to the end of their life cycle, come to the end of the road. Even a Stefan Halper, who has been a mole and a, and a swamp creature since the Reagan administration, you know, is finding he, he met his match with regard to trying to take Trump down. And I think you're right. I think, you know, it is a result of Trump using citizen journalists as his warriors fighting for him. This uh, this base of supporters that Trump has is ironclad, second to none, and it's going to prove to make a huge difference in a landslide victory for Donald Trump in 2020. Well, you know, I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm pretty excited to see that Q is saying things that we've been saying on our shows. Um, in regards to Dan Coates, I'd like to say that I had written an article of, of over six months ago on Big League, which is uh, deconstructing what we'll see with the FISA declassification. But I did, and, and I might get hate for this, but I was on point. I said, in that meeting where they discussed the wiretap, Dan Coates was there, and so was the vice president. And now we see Dan Coates is on his way out. Dan Coates, I've been very stringent on. I mean, he mocked the president at a cybersecurity conference in August of 2018. He laughed about him on stage. And, you know, every single clown has their purpose. And the same goes for Bill Barr. I know a lot of people are putting a lot of um, chips into that basket, but his history depicts a different type of man. And what he does may indeed be short-lived. And having Whitaker maintain his position, possibly maybe even assistant attorney general, uh, indicates to me from how the president introduced him, you know, during his last presser in the Rose Garden. He was like, yeah, you know, have a great time. You're doing great. Sure. Have a great life. Uh, was just how he talked about McCabe, how he talked about Rex Tillerson. So he is probably one of those 
people that he's going to have in there for a purpose. You know, we've been hearing a lot about the uh, 25th Amendment uh, meeting and Rod Rosenstein, you know, I think was played by Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump had Rod Rosenstein write up the obvious report that Comey, you know, is a bad dude, right? That Comey is not doing an effective job, that Comey is, is flawed in a lot of ways. And so when Rod Rosenstein wrote up the report, I don't think Rod Rosenstein understood that Trump was going to use that report to execute Comey's terminate his position. So when that happened, Rod Rosenstein uh, expectedly was livid and behaved expe- as expected and reacted as expected. Very, very much telegraphing his counterpunches and, and pretty much someone you could depend on to act like he did. So I think that you know, Trump knew what was going to happen with respect to a lot of these things. But, you know, it's funny. Juan Williams, he says, well, the founding fathers had it in, in mind about the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment didn't come out until the 1965. It was ratified. I know, because of Woodrow, right? <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with the founding fathers, Juan. Um, but, let's, you know, moving on with from that, you know, the, uh, the idea – it, that uh, here's the other part that's interesting. McCabe and Rod Rosenstein, they all had this meeting uh, and they were trying to keep it under wraps. And then Devin Nunes walks in and there's a lot of people in that meeting that shouldn't have been. And from what we understand too, from James Baker's testimony and some information that were coming out that, that came out, it indicates proof positive that Rod Rosenstein was livid, but it also indicates that uh, Rod Rosenstein was actively pursuing this 25th Amendment uh, impeachment uh, process. And he was banking on a couple of supporters from the Trump cabinet, which included Jeff Sessions, which included General Kelly. And we know that Mr. Bilderberg himself, Mad Dog Mattis, you know, videotaped walking into the Bilderbergs in Austria uh, for a meeting with a bunch of uh, globalists and swamp creatures, uh, we know where he stands. Well, his name was also on the FISA warrant as well. So we know that Trump, in some ways, surrounded himself with a lot of swamp creatures, whether it's Pence, whether it's uh, Rens Priebus, uh, or even, even uh, Sean Spicer. You know, I think in some ways you keep your enemies closer. The best way you could actually get to get somebody to, you know, buy the rope, as Paul Preston would put it, you know, the rope salesman. And, and hang themselves is to get them to actually behave in any way. You know, you just can count on it that a swamp creature is going to act like a swamp creature and it's going to get them in big trouble. It also gives you easy access to the swamp because if you get some outsider in there, then it's going to be basically the swamp undermining the boss who is the outsider. And we saw how well that worked with Rex Tillerson, you know, but Pompeo was a different person. He understood Coming out, coming out of Congress, he understood how the systems worked, and he was first in the CIA, and then he was in the uh, State Department, where all of the swamp-like stuff was going on. And we know that from a lot of the testimony that was given related to the Christopher Steele thing, Victoria Newland, John Kerry, you know, all those swamp creatures over there in those departments. And so we're going to learn a lot more than just this testimony that McCabe gave to 60 Minutes or most recently NBC, we're going to learn a lot more about these interactions, especially if if Lindsey Graham can actually have these 
committee meetings and really we can learn more and more about the um, conflicts in the statements made by both McCabe and Rosenstein because one of them is lying. So one of their doors is going to be busted down. Somebody's lying. Maybe well, both of them. Well, do you busted. think that we're going to see doors being bust down? Because remember, we're at such a volatile place right now. Not us specifically, but people that still like look at the comments. Jesse Smollett was proven to be a fraud. And people are like, that still doesn't mean that, you know, MAGA hat wearers aren't racist or poor Jesse Smollett. Imagine how desperate he was to do something. I so want it to be true. These are people that cannot deal with reality. All they're saying is Mueller is coming. Mueller is coming. And it's like Mueller's a nothing burger. Good news. The good news is Trump is in charge. And I was saying to you, you know, when we talk um, that, you know, one of the things I think that Trump can bank on with William Barr and a couple of things, really, when you think about it, okay, you've always had reservations about William Barr. I did as well, because I understand his connections with the Iran Contra, his photographs taken with Noriega and so on, and his connections with the Bush clan. Um, incidentally, uh, George, was it George P. Bush, the congressman? He's one of the landowners that's suing uh, in, the, in one of the lawsuits associated with the uh, national emergency. Uh, and Trump had uh, endorsed him. But in any case, William Barr, one of the nice things about William Barr, even if he is a swamp creature, I think he's I think he's promised to to bring restore integrity back to the DOJ and perhaps the FBI. And I don't think you're going to see doors being busted down under Trump's cabinet and administration because he knows that's wrong. What Trump doesn't want to do is he doesn't want to do an agriculture. He doesn't want to move it from the far left and swing it all the way to the far right. I think he wants it tapped dead center. He wants to put the blindfold back on Lady Justice, and he wants to restore the integrity to the DOJ, the CIA, and the FBI if, if, it's, if it's even possible. But Trump looks at America as the Taj Mahal. He doesn't look at it like it's a third world gutter, like Obama tried to run this country. You know, Obama was, he had a third world mentality, a socialist dictator mentality. That's where Obama's head was because he just wasn't equipped upstairs with a good brain. But Trump is. Trump also understands that uh, America could be the pinnacle of everything that's great for country to be. And, you know, we saw moments of greatness in his speech with Venezuela. But what's great about William Barr, whether you trust him or you don't, the sweet spot is the insurance policy that Trump took out on William Barr, which is Matthew Whitaker. Because Matthew Whitaker's already seen all the evidence, probably has copies in a, in a file folder. I mean, so no matter what you might think about William Barr, William Barr does not have the capacity because of Matthew Whitaker, to delete or cover up evidence that's already been made available to Matthew Whitaker. Matthew Whitaker has seen it all in, with his work with John Huber and with his work with Mark Hor uh, Michael Horowitz. He has seen all the documents unredacted. So he knows where everything is. Matthew Whitaker knows. And he's made that statement and made that clear with his committee testimony. And so what's beautiful about this is you got William Barr that's promising to straighten up the DOJ and the FBI, and he's good friends with uh, uh, Mueller. So when he walks Mueller out of the barn without a fight, the media is not going to be able to say a, a damn thing. And 
if he were to become a swamp creature or be bought off or do one of those untortly things he is that you don't a swamp like, creature. he can't possibly get away with it because he can't possibly get away with it because Matthew Whitaker already knows what all the evidence is. He can't cover it up. Let me let me pull out my crystal ball. Here's how it's going to work. You're right. He's going to walk Mueller out of the barn. We're going to see it right before Flynn's sentencing or maybe on the day of, but before I think he's going to end it. Right. But the thing is, he's not going to release any information. And on that note, president will say, look, the people want to see it. He won't do it. You're fired. I believe that may indeed happen. This is my prediction because we have this amazing patriot, General Flynn, who is up for sentencing right around the same day that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has her birthday, by the way. She's March 15th. I know because my birthday is on March 8th. So, I, you know, I always follow that. Like, who else is, like, in my month? Um, and what leaders actually had their birthdays with me, which is pretty funny. It was Genghis Khan, um, <laughs> Lenin. <laughs> but anyway, um, but what I noticed is, is that uh, all these things are coming together. And my crystal ball says that he will leave because he will not declassify. He will not release a report. And that's what's going to happen. And this is where we may actually see A.G. Whitaker come back as A.G. So that can happen because it'll be coupled out that there was nothing there. Our president is exonerated. This was a nothing burger. And Mueller is out and we're going to, you know, have charges come down. We're going to see Huber enter the scene. And we may see Bill Barr have a very short-lived um, AG term because he, you know, the Democrats are going to be screaming and the Republicans are going to be screaming. Us conservatives are going to be screaming. No, we want to see it. We want to see where you spent that money. And the Democrats are going to be like, nope, nope, nope. We want it. Adam Schiff has pulled that trigger. Remember, he needs to see it. He wants to see the. All right. The president is going to say, you know what? You're not listening to the people. You got to go. That's what I think. Now, having said that, because I mentioned General Flynn, we all notice that he changes his wall, like his um, background on Twitter. And a lot of people can't see what it is. But um, one thing I, uh, I am a buff of, and I've mentioned it many times on my show, is history, real history, oral history. And one thing my family in Greece taught me was how to be proud for my heritage, you know, the blue bloodline that I come from and my family crest, and I know how to read it. And the minute I saw it, I was like, whoa, he put up the Flynn crest. And um, I actually put it on Gab, and I tweeted it to his son because obviously um, – General Flynn is not on Gab, but his family crest is that of the wolf. And so I can just tell you him putting up his crest. First of all, he has a knight as a crest. The Flynn bloodline has a knight as a crest. Uh, they are of loyalty, chastity, truth, strength, and faith, right? And all of these things, and I just want to run it through you guys. I mean, a simple Google search will pull up his family crest, and you'll see, well, not Google, DuckDuckGo, you'll see that what it means is important. Their serenity, security, leadership, loyalty, and they have gold bizants, like buttons, three of them that stand for justice. And this is very important because justice will come out um, through such a loyal soldier in night. And I found that awesome. And, you know, I wanted to say, hey, you know, um, that's pretty awesome. I was like, hey, here's my family crest. And I put it there. You know, mine is actually not as um, 
honorable because the colors tell a lot and the way the structure is. But I want us to all pay attention to these small things that are being said by our president and about the people that were under attack, like what George Papadopoulos is saying. You know, I'm going to have him on my show in March, he said, uh, because he's really busy with that investment that he's doing in research and other things. So he'll be here in March. Um, I'm waiting to read his book. Uh, he's going to talk about it because, you know, he's like the roads of Spygate go from Rome to London. But, you know, I was like, hey, wait, there's a diversion. We got Berlin involved. We've got Luxembourg, Brussels, you know, all of these um, cities on the way to London. Because the problem that we're we're seeing now with all of this information coming out, with Mueller's investigation closing, and unfortunately him targeting General Flynn, he shouldn't have done that. There is so much information that Mueller has that is damaging for the deep state. Because, hey, if he's going to be in there, he's going to talk. Kind of like, you know, if someone has me in there and they're like, well, let me ask you about this. I'll be like, yeah, you know this and lead into the next. What do you mean about that? Well, let me tell you about this. And this is where you have documented statements that literally pull their pants down. And this is why they don't want the Mueller investigation put out. And William Barr made that clear, didn't he, Scott? He said he's not he's just going to give a report and he's not going to show it. Remember? He said that. And right. this is and why that, the Democrats said why, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's why the Democrats don't like William Barr. They they wanted Andrew Weissman's report to be completely you know, smearing the president, embarrassing the president. When they realized that that wasn't going to pan out for them, they started looking to Michael Cohen and dragging Michael Cohen up to, for committee testimony because they were trying to grab any little straw they could to maybe figure out how to open up impeachment and embarrass the president. And, of course, then BuzzFeed botched that whole debacle and that whole Trump Tower meeting blew up in their face and BuzzFeed got it wrong and special counsel even said so. Next thing you know, that card was shot to hell. And uh, and then, you know, there was uh, basically um, here we are. I mean, there's they're they're out of ammo is what they are. They're out of they ammo. Will, and but and they, it's kind of interesting to see how desperate they are. That's they're it. Very, very desperate. Right now. Yeah, that's it. They're really desperate. They will lie, well, lie, lie and lie again. It's end of days for the deep state. They've ne- they didn't never knew this day was going to come. But they are facing and experiencing an end of days uh, moment. Well, my heart is stopping knowing that my president is leaving the country, um, especially now where, you know, they're they're all on fire. They're all, you know, um, pulling any anything, they any card they may have, any lie they may spin, anything they can do, they're throwing out and into the open, uh, gone with the wind. And it terrifies me that, you know, my president will be going overseas. But I have to trust, just like I trusted that interception when he went to the Far East last time, that our new allies will stay on track. Even though we have Kerry and Biden, you know, going on apology tours and kissing a bunch of tushies out there, um, I'm hoping that our allies 
the newfound allies we have will um, ensure his safety uh, because, you know, he is going to the Hilton, the Hanoi Hilton. We'll find out what Songbird had to say down there. That'll be interesting um, to see what comes out of that because uh, we saw what happened in Scotland, didn't we? Yes, exactly. Not just Scotland, but we saw what happened in the Far East. I mean, no one even mentioned anything. I was talking about just before Helsinki. Right. uh, We saw the 12 indictments to the Russians, which was completely meaningless. And then we saw Mm -hmm. a Secret Service guy Mm -hmm. lose his life. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing them panic now that he's ready to go to North Korea again. And I know that they were trying to mitigate this meeting by flying out to Afghanistan, which didn't happen. Um so it, it terrifies me. It really does terrify me to know that he's leaving the country when everything is on fire. And within the next 20 days, we are going to see the party, you know, literally coming down on their knees. Um, you know, they're fighting him on the uh, national emergency that he declared. 16 states now suing the president, really. And um, I know we're coming up to a break, but I thought I'd talk about this on the show you know minnesota today their governor just released a new plan about minnesota and you know it's tim waltz he's got that care advisor on his board he's got keith ellison and his ag and we've got that terrorist jihadi ilhan omar elected into congress guys if i just give you the nutshell of what's going on during his speech right now and what he's released you'll see this so-called democratic socialism like he is offering socialized type health care education community housing and child care he minnesota is the center of what starts with you know the dsa the democratic socialists of america um uh, we'll be right back uh after these short breaks and i want to hear what you have to say on that if you could take a look at that for me scott um i'll send it over to you right now Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855 800 
800-800-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800-961-9194, promo code REDSTATE. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. And welcome back to the Tory Says Show. I'm really excited to have Scott Adams on the show with me. Um, he, he's scottadamsshow.com where you can see um, and listen to everything he puts out there. I consider him a great um, political mind. He understands politics and the gymnastics that come with it. Um, uh, during the break, obviously, I sent you something, Scott, but someone asked me, what do we do? I mean, they said, you know, I had put out a request in regards to a senator of mine to report them for something that I found a little bit iffy. And I, you know, me being Greek <laughs> and always reinforcing, hey, the Bible was written in Greek first. Uh, you know, a lot of um, St. Paul's um, writings were done in uh Corinthia, where I come from. And um, my favorite statement is the one uh, from the Thessalonians, which is up north in Greece, uh, which is, uh, that's where it was written. Uh, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. And that's one of my favorite um, phrases in the Bible, quotes, whatever you want to call them, verses, because I actually believe that even though I'm out there shooting guns, when I was trying to do it in the politically correct way for expose, you know, I was forced to bring the monkeys to a circus that they already had. And so I actually believe that I am being protected and I want everyone to understand that. I mean, it sounds really crazy to say, well, I think the president is protecting me or God is protecting me. I honestly believe it. And if we embrace that and understand that, um, it'll give us more courage because this president has done nothing but give us courage and, and shown us exactly what's going on, which is really hard to do because when you attack previous political opponents or, you know, existing ones right now, it looks as if it's, you know, tyrannical or using your power or influence. Um, 
I just wanted to say I saw a tweet that I missed that um, President Trump is denying calling his wife a loser. <laughs> I would have loved it if he did. Uh, so maybe he didn't say it. And maybe um, Andy McCabe made that up, even though it sounds really like something President Trump would say to gaslight. Um, he's denying it. Uh, regardless, if he's denying it, that was a pretty good lie. Andy McCabe said, because it's spot on with what you would expect, um, you know, President Trump to do when it's gaslight. Um, so Scott, tell me, what do you think about what I sent you about this Minnesota one plan? Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through it. Um, it's, uh, pure socialism. It looks like I I haven't read through the whole thing yet. Right. Um, No, neither have I, but, um, you know, just looking at it, it's, it's incredible. Like they are offering, um, you know, Guys, it's 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 incredible. They're investing in providing more for state-funded education. They are creating their own Obamacare on a state level, um, where people will get a state tax credit for qualifying health care if you get it from uh, Minnesota Sure, which is something they're putting. Um, and for the community, they're expanding affordable childcare and housing, specifically on the health care, which is really crazy. Like if you go into the budget sheet, you can go to the website site of the office of the governor waltz and uh, lieutenant governor flanagan you will see it they're offering like premium subsidies um tax credits health care buy-in mm-hmm. options i mean uh, pharmaceuticals negotiating for you this is socialism they chose minnesota to pilot this this is because that was a battleground state right and this is why they're doing it there we have the jihadis and the communists it's been liberal for a long time and uh it's a shame, really, because that state, you wouldn't think it would be that way. But, you know, and they've exploited the liberalism, too, because they've tried to then redistrict districts to make them like Somalian districts, Sharia law districts. You know, they're doing it in Michigan. They're doing it in Minnesota. New York. But, you know, here's the beautiful thing about what's happening, though. OK, because you got to find the silver lining in every cloud. Right. So that's a dark cloud, that social that level of socialism. But what Trump did yesterday in Miami What Trump did in Miami, uh, speaking on behalf of the Venezuelan people and the Nicaraguan people and the Cuban people, uh, he had a Spanish speaker uh, come up. And I love Trump's authenticity. He says, I don't really know what she said, but I kind of know what she said. And I thought that was beautiful. But also, uh, Trump made a great statement. And what he said was really important because it frames up the election perfectly. And he said this, this is a quote. This is a quote from the speech. He said, we know the truth about socialism in Venezuela, in Cuba, in Nicaragua, and all around the world. Socialism promises prosperity, but it delivers poverty. Socialism promises unity, but it delivers hatred and it delivers division. Socialism promises a better future, but it always returns to the darkest chapters of the past. That never fails. It always happens. Socialism is a sad and discredited ideology rooted in a total ignorance of history and human nature, which is why socialism eventually must always give rise to tyranny, which it does. Big, huge applause when he said that. Socialists profess a love of diversity, but they always insist on absolute conformity. That was brilliant speech writing. I'm, I would imagine it could be by Stephen Miller. I don't know, but that was a masterpiece. And what he did right there <clears throat> was he said that 
all of the 10 candidates that are out so far and beyond are positioning themselves around Democrat, it's so-called democratic socialism. It's socialism. And they've all come out, who's going to be more socialist than the other guy? And no matter even if Kamala Harris tries to say she's not a democratic socialist, when she's asked a question about her lynching legislation and uh, Jesse, Jesse Smollett, um, she is because she, she advocates exactly uh, very much like what the Minnesota Governor Waltz is doing, which is the socialized medicine and socialized everything else. You take a look at Andrew Cuomo, right? Andrew Cuomo is talking about free education for illegals. Big Bird de Blasio in New York City is talking about free medicine for 300,000 illegals. Right. And Gavin Newsom is talking about a sanctuary state and all kinds of free stuff. So Trump is basically saying, look, if you are the candidate on the left, you want America to look more like Nicaragua, Cuba and Venezuela. If you are supporting me, Trump, you want to make America great again. You want to keep America great. You want to think about America first. You want to keep us safe. You want to uh, support, you know, common sense border security and uh, everything else in between. Great trade relations, lower taxes, smaller government, deregulation and uh, prosperity, you know, where middle uh, uh, minimum wage becomes a thing of the past. We don't need to talk about minimum wage when there's an absolute unprecedented demand for employers, employee employment, employees, because that drives wages up and gives people choice. And then we're seeing the effects of that because labor participation is actually near an all-time high now. And it's, it's the reason why we don't see an unemployment rate dropping like a bomb uh, below 4% because more and more people are getting back into the labor market because what they're seeing in the labor market is far surpassing that which they were getting off the government dime and food stamps, which has actually dropped by millions. So, you know, we take a look at this snapshot socialism that we're talking about right now. I thought Trump framed it per- perfectly, associating all of the candidates on the left with wanting America to look more like Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. It's, it's a great argument. Well, yeah, no, it is. And the thing is, uh, someone actually messaged me what I was inching at um, before this hour, which is we need to pay attention to the peripheral peripheral uh, political scenes. We need to look at our states. This is why people need to stand up and start speaking. They need to look at their city and state, their governors, their attorney generals, their senators, um, their state and house, you know, their, their state legislators, I guess. They need to start looking there because you know what um, the message, and I'll read it to you, it comes from a gentleman called Michael. It says, I think the deep state is trying to take over one state at a time because they're losing at a federal level. And that is fact. If we don't well, look at these peripheral the attacks, yeah, but also the ballot harvesting and all the different levels of corruption, right? But that's that's one more seats in the house, but they didn't win at a state level; they lost at a state level. Listen, what they're trying to do is reshape local governments because remember, states are independent. So if they're losing this socialist game on a federal level. And I've said this from 2016 in order for when he won the election, I said for 2020, we got to suss out the peripheral deep staters because, you know, it's kind of like your body. You have your central nervous system, but you have the peripheral. So what's the point of just having your brain 
right function as your CNS, your central nervous system, but not the nerves, you know, working and expanding, you know, from your actual brain itself, from the brain stem down, you know, down throughout your whole body, you have this peripheral. If your arms and legs aren't working, you're not really functioning. So I said many, many times for the past two years, if we want to ensure 2020, we need to make sure that we clean house on the peripheral tax. And this is a peripheral attack. We're seeing it from the type of people that they've elected. We heard yesterday about New York and how they did it. I knew that very well because there was a a very good candidate, a professor, outstanding, supposedly conservative. He didn't even bother to campaign. He wouldn't even return a call. I was like, what can I do to help the GOP in New York? I am from New York. Ocasio's district is my district. Like, what can I do? And, you know, Greek Americans, it's one of the biggest populations other than Greece in New York. And he didn't even use that card. You know, Dukakis had a fighting chance only because of the Greeks, right? You remember that back when he was running. And they threw a lot of money into it because they're very patriotic. They're all about, yes, you know, Greeks are all about democracy and freedom. He didn't even use that. He totally folded. Look at Ilhan Omar, Rashida. These are the states we need to focus on. Like you said, look what's going on in New York. They applauded killing babies. We have Minnesota piloting the first socialist thing. We've got North Dakota that's a red state piloting armed drones to patrol. This is a big deal. We have red flags laws being put on the table. So basically on social media, if you have some, you know, ex-wife that hates you and she posts something, they'll flag you. You know, this is the HR8 issue that we're having now. I mean, it was just tweeted out this morning. Hey, you know, they don't want ICE knowing if an illegal immigrant applies for a weapon and they fail. You know, my husband went and purchased a weapon um, for Valentine's Day, and he had to wait a whole day, and he's a legal resident, clean criminal record, but he still waited a day. So us legal, um, you know, legal residents and, and us as American citizens have to wait for these background checks, but illegal aliens, you don't report when they're going to buy guns? This is a huge problem, and we need to deal with it peripherally. I think the president is starting to understand that, and um, hopefully second quarter he'll focus on it. Because right now we've got DOJ, FBI, intelligence agencies. We've got the Flynn sentencing. We have RBG. Is she or isn't she? I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, still no picture. No picture. I've been looking, trust me. It's not for lack of trying, but there is no picture. But there's a lot of commentary, but, you know, I don't trust the commentary because even the Daily Caller, you know, Tucker Carlson product, I, I have a lot of faith in them, but they are reporting like, you know, all these different things with no photo. And TMZ, you know, I had faith in them, too, that they were going to do the right thing. Well, they've been proven to do the wrong thing. They had put out a year-old video, almost a year-old video. And um, and to what for what reason? You know, it didn't make any sense uh, that they're doing it this way. So, you know, this is a twenty thousand dollar photo opportunity. You know, someone who takes a good photo of Ruth Bader Ginsburg could have made a good amount of money. Now it's a dud. I mean, if she shows up in the court and you say, okay, there's a bunch of attorneys say, yeah, she has to. You know, like I read the report today from the Daily Caller that said the RBG. Uh, started off the questioning, you know, so she was the one right out of the gate, you know, talking about all these different things. And so everybody's talking about her talking, but nobody 
has a picture. Right. And here's the thing. And- Kevin Cork answered that, right? Just half an hour ago, you know, he's a White House correspondent for Fox News. And he right. said, Justice Ginsburg entered the courtroom wearing a traditional black robe and lace collar. She asked five questions of counsel, including the very first question. Her voice was strong, laced with her familiar Brooklyn accent. And he said just 30 minutes ago, as many of you know, phones and cameras are not allowed inside the court, but audio and sketches should be out at some point. She was there, folks. Really? Then take a picture of her outside the court. How is it that, you know, they didn't get her getting in there, stalking hallways and staircases? I mean, that picture would be gold. I don't trust sketches. Right. You know, marriage stands out in, uh, outside of a hallway. You know, one would think, okay, at least when they're walking into the chamber, somebody could take a picture. And, you know, and, and it's not like she doesn't know. They claim that she is well aware of, you know, the fever pitch that people want to know what her status is. So why wouldn't she put that to rest? Because she's not a patriotic American. She's a Trump-hating, uh, foolish woman that actually went out of her way to smear Trump as a candidate and Trump as a president. And the compromised Chief Justice Roberts also had the naive statement that uh, these these uh, justices are not uh, biased with their political views. And we know that they are. That's why, you know, the people suing Donald Trump for national uh, emergency are shop- shopping the Ninth Circuit. Uh, but we also have a Fourth Circuit uh, set of cases related to that issue, too, where the judge that was selected was actually appointed by Donald Trump. So it'll be interesting to see how these two trajectories go in terms of the litigation uh, related to national emergency. But yeah, getting back to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it's not that difficult to take a photograph from her walking into the chamber from the hallway. And it's just unacceptable that they will not answer the demands of the people that are paying their salaries. They're acting almost insubordinate when they are serv- They are there to service Americans, their servants, yeah, civil servants. See, I don't doubt that she probably has access to crazy meds, right? You know, she's there talking strong with her Brooklyn accent. How many people do you know can do Donald Trump's accent spot on? Tons. Um, you know, she's obviously from one reporter that was actually in there texted me, hey, Tori, uh, you know, you may be onto something. She's a few inches shorter than we remember her. Um, could it be that she's wearing flats, but she's always in flats, right? Um, you know, I'm not convinced. I mean, maybe she has access to medication that allows her with, uh, you know, one and a half lungs to breathe and operate better. Um, you know, obviously coming back from pneumonia after a lobectomy at her age is, uh, you know, a feat nonetheless. Like I said, people, uh, you know, Falling down after the age of 65 and just breaking a hip is a death sentence. Her having lung cancer and the pneumonia that usually comes along, you know, because you're intubated and you're in a hospital regardless. Uh, that's always a risk. Even healthy people get a pneumonia after a simple surgery uh, because of, you know, you're, you're intubated and stuff. And she was obviously intubated for a long time, which makes me wonder how was she providing opinions, you know, because if you have a lobectomy, you're going to be intubated and, you know, in an induced coma for a while. So, I'm not buying it. Uh, you know, our president has been very silent on this, so he obviously knows what's up. 
uh, people are just talking sketches and voice, and it's kind of like, well, she wouldn't really have a strong voice with one and a half lungs. But again, they have access to these pharmaceutical trials that, you know, rely on these humans that they traffic to pilot through that are not funded by the government, which by the way, Kamala Harris pitched at her like presidential chit chat yesterday where she was like, we should be funding research for Alzheimer's um, by the government and not like special interest paying for it. And it's like, what is she talking about? The government and the pharmaceutical companies work hand in hand. The NIH spends the most money on the planet, you know, in innovative scientific research. I mean, they're borrowing my technology and I'm not charging them. So I'm not taking any money from them. Uh, So that way they have no interest in my patent. Like this happens all the time. Who are they talking to? What are they talking about? You know, we have research that's being done under closer. Like even my research isn't available to people because it's private. Because if it was done by the government, only people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have used it. You know, I don't know. I mean, seriously, why would TMZ put a false video? This is all coming together. A lot of that. Yeah. And, and, and it's coming from sources like, like we were saying too, you know, the Rolling Stones, Vanity Fair, uh, the Atlantic, all these different publication, uh, were coming out of the woodwork, uh, deeming that they thought that this was a extremely important, uh, event that she was coming, you know, that she was going to that event on February 4th. Um, here, I'm just reading this new article here that just came out. It says, uh, U.S. Supreme Court takes up Clean Water Act dispute. Um, but again, still no photo of Ruth. You know, so uh, nothing mentioned in that. So, you know, the thing is, is that obviously it's important to every media outlet, but yet not one photojournalist was interested in take, get, snapping a photo. I mean, these are very resourceful people. You know, they can get a photo of anything and they couldn't get a photo of this woman. Uh, I find it highly suspicious, suspicious. Exactly. Same here. I find it really suspicious. I find it alarming. Um, and it, and it speaks volumes, you know, um, like I said, she more than likely has access to medications like nobody's business. Actually, my lab last week said, do you think that they used our tech? Because my tech was being piloted to use like my little bubbles to help elderly patients that have a pneumonia that don't respond to IV um, antibiotics to literally, because my bubbles carry the antibiotics. And then once they go to the area that's infected, for me, it's for cancer, but where they're using my tech is to use it for infections uh, that are not responding fast enough and patients are declining mm-hmm. and they've used it, at, um, you know, in California in various hospitals, um, teaching hospitals on elderly patients for pneumonia. And <laughs> if she's here today, it could be that they used my tech for it. I mean, that was flying around, but we'd never know because we don't know what access she had and to what. So that's pretty interesting. Um, before we end this um, show, because it's like uh, we have like three and a half minutes left, I wanted your take on what you see happening this week because we are having a really explosive week. Our president is leaving next week. What is your take in like summary of what you expect to see this week? I think there's going to be more fallout with regard to Rosenstein countering McCabe. I think that'll be interesting. I think you're going to start to hear a little bit more or see a little bit more about what where William Barr is going to be heading 
what he's going to be doing. So I think there's, you know, a good amount of things like that um, that are that are going to be happening. Um, I also think that there's a lot of Q drops that I, I have yet to really, you know, fully analyze. And so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what what uh, we start to see. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of action. Uh, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of drip and drab. There's a lot of um, leaking. Um, so we should see what we should see what what's uh, going to happen because I think there's going to be some um, preset to the testimony from Rosenstein and McCabe in the Senate Intel Committee. I think we're going to also start to see some movement in the House as a counter reaction to what they can expect. It'll also, you know, the other cases that are not so political, but yet they are political. Like uh, we're going to learn, I think we're going to learn some eye-opening things about the Smollett case and how ridiculous that was. You know, the left is really self-destructing across the board. And I think, though, we are going to see a pivot in the mainstream media as well. Um, because Lara, Lara Logan, for example, came out of the woodwork. Trump's approval ratings are going up. People are loving what he's doing. People of color are starting to adopt President Trump as their favorite candidate uh, because he doesn't. He's he, because he's authentic. So I just think that uh, we're going to start to see some changes in our in our country related to, you know. Basically, the dismissiveness, uh, so the, like a Brian Stelter or something like that. I think they're going to be pushed aside in 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 lieu of more accurate reporting. And I think you're going to start to see major changes in main media and uh, what we've been talking about with Dan Coats and the deep state and all those things. Speaking of Dan Coats, we'll see. Well, speaking of no, Dan because Coates. It also, the, the testimony and the leaks are stripping out. You know, we've seen pre-step and we've seen a lot of other things. I think we're just going to learn more and more and more well, in a well, very calculated here's, way. Here's, here's what we're learning. And um, uh, I think we I, I'm going to pick this conversation up on Thursday just to have more. But I told everyone um, months ago, and I've been tweeting about it since it happened, that Nick Ayers set up a PAC uh, for Vice President Pence. I told you that too. And he was the chief of staff of Mike Pence and he left. And now we're seeing President Trump's ex-aide on legislative affairs coming in, and now he is Vice President Pence's new chief of staff, and that's Mark Short. That, to me, speaks volumes. So this will be really interesting, speaking of Dan Coates and what my take on that meeting talking about the wire in the 25th Amendment comes down to, and what spider phones were used because the technology we use, they use, and whatever they, if they can see us we can see them on that um note everybody can go to scottadamshow.com for his latest scott thank you so much for coming on today and remember guys tomorrow it'll be q talk with in the matrix and shady grove i'll see you guys tomorrow and then we'll talk about laura loomers also um on thursday about her protests at Twitter headquarters. From all of us here at Red State, have a healthy and happy day. And I'll see you all same time, 12 to 2 Eastern, on Red State Talk Radio. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs>